Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of Rabbi Adam Klickfeld's weekly Rashi study class. Hello to anyone who's listening via the Temple Beth Am podcast whenever it happens to be that you're listening. Uh, we are about to do a really interesting verse um, that has two Rashi's and a one really long. The really long one um, it's it's very nitty gritty grammar, um, but I think there's a little bit of a jewel at the end of it. So I think hopefully it'll, you'll feel like it it is paying off. Not that we're doing this for a particular return, but you know what I mean. That there's some juicy material in addition to the dry grammar. Um, so I I think that we um, we read verse four, but did not yet read verse five and the Russian. Is that correct? Okay. Let me go back and read verse four just to remind us what we're doing, and then we'll uh, we'll get a, get a verse five, which is the, really the new verse. Pharaoh called out to Moses and Aaron, Vayomer, and said, "Ha'atiru el Adonai," something like "Plead to God" or "or or beseech on my behalf." That's implied to God. and God will remove the frogs, mimeni, from me, ume ami, and from my people. I will dispatch the, the nation, and they will worship to God. Right? Um, so Pharaoh is done with the frogs, and he's not only wants to get rid of them, he's even willing to uh, like push them in the direction of doing the holy thing that Moses said that is the thing they're doing and why they're leaving to pray to God. Right? There, there's been no mention on Moshe's behalf yet that we're going to leave and we're not coming back, is we're going to leave into the desert, worship God, and, and that's what we're asking to do. Pharaoh says, okay, I relent, right? That's the verse that we ended with. Uh, were there any lingering thoughts on that before we go to the next verse? No. Barry, you need a microphone. Which, which chapter? Um, eight. Um, yes. Ch- sorry, chapter eight, eight. eight, we just did verse four. So, uh, is this on? Okay. Uh, if, if the magicians had the frogs emerge, why does Pharaoh only ask Moshe and Aaron to remove the frogs? Question one. Question two, um, Pharaoh signifies Adonai, not your God, but Adonai. So it seems to be a recognizing not just your God, but um, Adonai. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so in, in what Pharaoh is communicating to Moses and Aaron, he, at least our version of that story in the Torah is that Pharaoh is referring to God as the yud heh vav um, And uh, yeah, we've been asking the question throughout, what is it indeed that the magicians of Egypt have power to do and what do they not have power to do? So far, they seem to have power to make the problem worse, right? <laughs> but they don't seem to have power to, to remove the, the problem. Rabbi, Tova? excuse me, uh, Ilan Spar is asking to be let in. And so he shall be. <laughs> hi, Ilan. Hi, Barbara. Hi, Rebecca. Sorry about that. I was, I was so caught up in the verse that I was not looking at the Zoom. Sorry you were hanging out there. I, I, I've just figured it was punishment for the Yankees' performance, and you were, you were going to shut me out for the entirety of the... It's just, uh, it's, it's, it's just I, feel, I feel like a Tiger fan, and that's really one of the hardest things you could say as a, as a baseball <laughs> <laughs> That's just to put a smile on Larry's face. Who, um, Tova, take a mic, and then Norm. And folks who just joined, we're we're, we're still lingering 
on final thoughts on verse four, which we did last week before we look at the verse five, which I, you didn't hear me say this, is a, has two interesting Rashi's, one a very long nitty gritty grammar one, uh, but there's some good stuff at the end. Okay, this is riding on, on Barry's question partly, but with a little difference. Um, previously, the blood was replicated by the Hartumim. Now they've replicated the frogs. The impression you got the first time was Pharaoh is not as impressed, even if he's distressed, because they've duplicated it. But this time, even though they've duplicated, he seems to be distressed. Is it just the plague is more? Mm. And, and again, the question that Barry asked, then why just ask Moses and not, you know, them from, uh, and the second was apologies for not being here last week. And the answer to the question of how big Ramesses kingdom was, uh, is that it stretched roughly, the dominion stretched roughly from north of Damascus to south of the Elephantine, which is below the Aswan Dam. Mm. But it, they would not have considered the Levant as part of Egypt. It was simply a tributary, and they may have had a few governors there, but it wasn't part of the land of Egypt. Mm. It was simply tributary. Mm. That's helpful context. Yeah. Uh, just to point out in the verse what Tova was mentioning, if you compare the progression from verse 3 and 4 in our chapter to the progression of verse 22 and 23, in the uh, sorry, just verse 22 on its own, uh, you'll note what Tova was pointing out. In our verse, verse 3 says, the Khartoumim did it too. And by verse 4, Pharaoh's like, I can't live without frogs anymore. I got to call Moses and Aaron and get rid of them. In the blood, verse 22 says, the Egyptian magician did the same thing. And Pharaoh said, ah, I'm just as powerful as they, right? So I I'm satisfied. But here, the, maybe Pharaoh's realizing, the doubling of the plague is suggesting I'm, I'm losing this battle. Yeah, good, good pickup. Uh, Norm. Um, I just want to comment that Pharaoh's using yod heh vav -He to refer to God does not mean that he is acknowledging him as the one true God of the universe. Um, it's simply a name. It's just like um, if we were referring to Baal or Ashtera, it doesn't mean that we acknowledge them as gods. That's just the name of some concept. So I just I can't, I can't hear two at once. Sorry. Go ahead, Norm. Go ahead, Norm. That's it. But I didn't hear it because I was, you know. Do, 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 that la I, do the last sentence again. It's okay. It's okay. Okay. It, it, it's just as if we were referring to Baal or Ashtera. It does not mean that we recognize them as having any particular divine attributes. Uh -huh. But if they, you know, if, if a bunch of Baalites show up um, and say they want to go out someplace in the wilderness and pray for three days, I assume we would let them. Uh -huh. And we might, in, in, we might just refer to their name for their God in the third person without our acknowledging the divinity of said God. Yeah. Yeah. Just as you did in that sentence. Like you, you're a God-fearing Jew I know you to be, and you, yet you said the word Baal. doesn't mean that you believe in Baal. Do you? No, I don't. <laughs> okay. Just, uh, Barry, let's give Barry the microphone. Just, just a, uh, a rejoinder to that. Uh, at the end of six, um, um, uh, Pharaoh's telling them that um, that uh, there is none like I don't know your. Uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Um, Chapter six. No, I take it back. We'll get there in a second. That's that's in Moses's voice, not Pharaoh's. Yes. Let's go to verse uh, five. Um, sorry, verse four. No, five. verse five. Sorry. Uh, Rick, do you want to read verse five for us? Sure. Can you take one of that, that mic? Um, 
Is it supposed to pick you up from there? Let's try yeah, that. To talk regular and see if they can hear. So talk regular. Hi. Sorry. Can you hear me? They can hear. Oh, perfect. Oh, Wonderful. Great. He said it's a new mic. Verse five. Bayomer Moshe Lefaro, he pa'er alai lematai atir lecha vila avadecha ulamacha lahachrit hatsfardim mimcha umibatecha rak bayor tisha arna. Good. And as you go towards the translating, there are several different ways to parse this sentence syntactically. I remember in, in grammar school, we used to have to like do a sentence, sentence equations where you had to, go what they were called. Diagramming sentences. We'll look at some translations after we, we, we cut through it, but there's several different ways of putting, of putting soft commas in terms of figuring out what, what the tone is. But let's get the words first. Can I do it by the trope? Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. So, Vayomer is the introduction, and then Moshe Lefaro goes together. But Moses is talking to Pharaoh. Moses says to Pharaoh, "He pa'er alai goes together." Lamatai is okay, a little but bit. What does it mean? Oh, um, um, <laughs> or what could it mean? The, the English is glory over me, but um, I don't like that at all. I'm sure you've got a better translation. So the root of the pe- Silverman a, a, says glory. The root of he pa'er is pet a pe alafresh, which means something exalted or glorified or 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 lifted up right tiferet is the word built from that it's one of the um uh-huh. one of the um spirot of of, uh, of kabbalah uh-huh. it also just means some kind of like a, a crowning glory and this is in the heat pa'el right and it's in the um um what are you giving me give me some direction what's the word uh what's the form yeah. Inter- uh, no, uh, yeah but what's it called um, he put it was reflexive. So she no, but it's imperative. imperative thank you. Yeah. Imperative. imperative, reflexive, right? Really? Yeah. Which is he's. It's as if Pharaoh is speaking to uh, Moses, speaking to Pharaoh, saying, "You shall or you must like glorify yourself." It's something like that. And well, we have to figure out what that means in the in the in the context of the verse. But that's what the verse means. It means so. It's like glorify yourself as an exclamation point. And the question is, is it a taunt? Or a description. Keep going. Moses to Pharaoh, right? Yeah. Okay. Limatai. Um, uh, matai is when. Um, limatai is to when. Or maybe regarding when, right? The lambda can also just be a regarding with respect to. Yeah, and it's separated from the rest of the phrase by the the pasek there. Um, a musical pause. Atir lecha. So the atir is like hatiru from the sentence before, and Rashi is all over it. Right. So we'll get to that. Okay. Then vilavadech. But what does it mean? What does oh. it mean plainly? Um, so, so something glorify yourself over me, whatever that means. Uh, well, regarding atir, when. Um, so atir is the command. Uh, Entreat lecha to you. Right. See how it's hard to make sense of this. It's something mm-hmm. like regarding when or when I will plead licha it's not to you because it's for you, for you right mm-hmm. your behalf so there are lots of pluripotent prepositions here that, are, that could mean several different things go ahead yeah. and not only to you or for you but yeah uh, you, you know, your servants and your people okay so again this is Moses to Pharaoh okay, okay. so your servants and your people 
Karait is to killed. Ah, cut. Thank you, Karat. Karat. Yeah, Lahrit to cut off whatever the the frogs. Right. So from here, you. right. So it means something like it's the he feel of cut. So it means to 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 make cut off really to end the phenomenon of right to to eliminate the frogs from upon you. Umibateka. I'm from your houses. Uh, Rock by or only by the river or in the river Arna, yeah. they shall remain good okay question can we will spend a while on trailing this verse but can someone tell me in their own words what you think is being conveyed by the toe here what is it that Moses is saying to Pharaoh and what's the punctuation what's the tone of voice Barry you think you're going to glorify yourself while I re remove that the God's going to take this away? You're glorifying yourself? What a boast. So is the, is the boast referring to that? Oh, someone's trying to get in. You think, is the boast referring to that which has already happened or, or that which is about to happen? Okay. A tova, and then I see Barbara's hand. Probably mm -hmm. don't understand the Hebrew sufficiently, but it's air a lie. Could it be... You're attributing this glory to me or this power to me? Mm. Could it be in that direction? Mm -hmm. In a kind of sarcastic way, like now you're giving, now you're attributing this power to me. Well, just how for what period of time should I? I mean, it, it, there's still this mm. kind of sarcastic tone, but I'm wondering if that's what the implication is. As if you're the, yeah, the, the heat pa air, the form of it, it, it if the, if the normal forms hold in this verse two, right. that the, the lording over is not attributed to Moshe, but attributed to Pharaoh, to Pharaoh right? So over me. Something like that. But yeah. the question is, why, what's the force of that? Barbara and then Stevie? Um, Safaria translates that word as being triumph. You may have this triumph over me. And then it goes on to say, for what time shall I plead? in behalf of you and your courtiers and your people. Right. So Safari, it depends on which translation you're reading, because Safari has about eight translations. So oh, we're going to look at the, we're going to look at Safari in a second. Right. So we have a lot of synonyms for Lord over me, uh, exalt yourself over me, triumph over me. We still haven't unlocked exactly what's happened. Like what, what is the, what is the message that, that Pharaoh is supposed to be hearing from Moshe, Stevie, and the norm? Yeah. It's a Something to the effect of you have set up a hierarchy where you're above me and now, you know, just for this moment when you're begging for my help. Mm -hmm. right. Say it again. That, right, you're elevated, right, over me. And, Moses talking to Pharaoh. Right. Moses talking to Pharaoh, and right, and you're asking me for help. As as a description, or as a taunt, or as a challenge? How are you reading it? Um, I don't know the, the I don't know exactly what the distinction is there, but more or less as a as a taunt, I guess. And the, and so flesh it out one more time. So the, and and the content of the taunt is that. You, like you think you're better than me? Is that what it yeah. is? Or you're, you've, 
uh, you've placed yourself over me, yeah. and yet now you're asking for my help, you know. Uh-huh. So is that, does that okay, so yeah. what, what Joel said you didn't hear on Zoom is you, you inflate yourself over me, and, but yet you're begging for my help. Okay. Now I understand that way of reading it. Norm, Larry, uh, Diane, Sue, and then we'll actually look at some translations. And Larry, Dan, watch out. There's someone behind you. Just make sure he's, he's safe. I think there's an he's alternate. Opening, he's opening drawers and taking <laughs> pots and pans. Just, just be careful. <laughs> I think there's an alternate possibility that it could just be expressing how wonderful it is that you have made at least an oral promise that you're going to let us go, which I think is an achievement. Um, and then he says, you know, give me the particulars. Don't, don't just give me a general request. Um, let's have the details. Hmm. The, the tone being less taunty, but almost almost soft praising Pharaoh that that you you, you are glory you're, you're glory glorified in my eyes because you're willing to relent. And now, what 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 time should I let them go? That 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 would be more compelling to me if the form were a like a past as opposed to a command. It's hard to read that into Moses, like oh, oh, like challenging pharaoh to be to, to glorify himself sue and then larry dan or i forgot what the order was uh, what, until i read the safaria um translation i, I the it's the matai part that i the, the matai that i i couldn't get the tone of but safaria kind of lays it out like you know uh, you're you're you, you think you're so much of something, so, uh, you know, what time do you want you all to stop? And uh, I'll, I think it's, the taunt is that I'm Moshe, I'm in charge, not you. Right, so how, that so that last sentence, I think, is absolutely correct. How does that come out in the words, though? If, if the feeling we're supposed to get from this verse is Moshe communicating to Pharaoh, you think you're powerful, but you're not, how do we find that in the words? while you're thinking Larry Dan and then Tova. Um, responding to that, maybe it's as you, as you clarified that he's saying, you've placed yourself or claimed this splendor and position over me. And then sarcastic, and so now you're realizing you don't have that power. So sarcastically, so for how long do you want me to do this? In other words, don't you realize this isn't just now, mm. this is the permanent state of mm. affairs. Mm. And you're not recognizing that you're, you want this little help from me now, and you're not really acknowledging mm. the real state of affairs. Okay, getting close. Good. Larry, Diane. <laughs> no, I mean, like, we're, 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 yeah. we're like, we're creating a circle with lots of small little uh, straight lines, right? Because we're getting close to a full understanding of the verse. Larry, Diane. So that was my, is my wonderful brother-in-law, Gary, behind me, and my sister, Sherry. Gary, hold on one second. Um, Alan, can you go to the uh, the computer on the thing and just make the volume on that computer louder? Because that's how we're hearing it. It's hard to hear Larry. Do you see what the volume is? Or Stevie? On the, top. <laughs> uh, on the top, on the screen, too. On the screen. I mean, I'm sorry, on the keyboard. On the keyboard. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, it should be. On the number line. On the number, yeah. Yeah. Don't worry, folks. This should only take eleven minutes. It's only at a hundred. <laughs> it's at a hundred. Yeah. Uh, okay. Then we'll, then we'll close. We'll close the windows. Uh, these, these darn Jewish kids are having a good time in our darn field while we're trying to study Torah. <laughs> okay, Larry, uh, speak a little bit louder. All right. Can you hear me now? 
Betterish. Better, yeah. Better All right. Um, I have a lot of things to say. I'll try to only say a couple of them. I want to go back to Barry's comment about and your response about whether uh, Pharaoh uh, was acknowledging the existence of Yudhei Vavhe, of Adonai. And clearly he was because, and this, and we know this from this sentence as well, this verse as well, because he asks, uh, he, he asks Moses to plead with God in order to stop the frogs. You wouldn't ask someone to plead to do something if you weren't actually acknowledging the existence of that entity. And in fact, that's what Moses is talking about right here. And uh, the, the you'll ask for um, translations later, but Alter uses the word vaunt, where Moses says, you, um, sorry, where's my phone? You, I found Alter online, where Alter says, you have vaunted, sorry, you may vaunt over me. Well, what are you vaunting over me? And the vaunting is the time at which I will ask God, but not the time at which the frogs will be removed from you. So I don't know if I'm being clear, but there's a huge distinction between saying, go tomorrow to ask God to do this. Clearly, you're asking God to do that. And that's the, end, that's the meaning, I think, of this word vaunt or however it's trans. Um, or a fire or, or raise yourself up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you don't have Asher, uh, you don't have Kaplan with you, do you? No, I don't. I okay. don't. Let's look at some of the translations on Safari. And I think everything that we've heard the last seven, eight minutes is, is uh, are fascinating possibilities. Not none, I think, is exactly a, tar- a hit on the target, at least in terms of my understanding of shot. That doesn't mean that my understanding of shot is correct. But um, but let, let's see some of the translations, and then I'll share with you what I think the basic shot is from my perspective. Okay, so uh, everyone should see the screen. This is um, Everett Fox. Moses said to Pharaoh, be, be praised over me. It's a little, a little awkward, right? There's a note here. Others read it as, have the advantage over me. The sense that Pharaoh will be allowed to choose the precise time of the frog's removal, mm-hmm. right? As if it's like, it, it's, it's, it's like a, I don't know, like, like dangling in front of Pharaoh a, a singular moment of thinking that he's in charge, but ultimately to show him that he's not, right? So go, go ahead, Pharaoh, ha- have, your, have a little power. In what way will you have power? For when shall I plead for you, for your servants, for your people, to cut off the frogs from you and from your houses? Meaning, I'm going to give you a moment where you're in charge of me. You tell me when you want them to be removed, right? So in the moment, if we read it this way, Pharaoh has a sense of mitpa'er, because he's realizing that he can control the servant who's going to ask God when it's going to be removed. But what's the trick in that? In what way is that only uh, an illusion of power rather than actual power? Because if, if you, Pharaoh, tell me that you want the frogs removed tomorrow at 3 p.m., and they are, it shows that we're in charge, not you. 
right? So I think the thrust of the verse, at least the way Ever Fox, and I think Rashi reading the same way is, I, I'm going to give you the gift of momentary illusory, illusory self-importance. And when you're going to execute on that, you're going to give me a challenge. And when I fulfill that challenge, I'm going to really show you you're not in charge whatsoever. Right? That's Ever Fox. Let me just look at a couple other okay. translations. That seems to be Wait, very much informed by the next verse. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say, say that again, uh, for Stevie. Just that, that that reading is very much informed by the following verse. Right. right. And, 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 and the or way that's... I understood your previous sentence is, is enhanced by your second sentence. <laughs> right. Like, oh, so, of, of course, that it's going to be translated in a way that sort of makes sense in the context of the following verses. If you just look at it quickly, we'll look at it slowly later. Right. Um, and, uh, no, but it means that the following verse doesn't have any twist. That that's the natural conclusion of this verse, which is not necessarily the way the only way to read the next verse it could be that that there's something surprising happening got it okay um now we're looking at jps moses said to pharaoh you may have this triumph over me right similar for what time shall i plead in behalf of you i would say on behalf of you and your courtiers and your people that the frogs be cut off from your houses to remain only in the nile which the way jps is translating it, it almost sounds like not a taunt but i'm throwing you a bone right i'm going to give you this little triumph right um look at uh let's see corin um moses moses said to pharaoh challenge me to fix a time when i should entreat for thee and for thy servants for thy people to destroy the frogs from thee and thy houses that they may remain the river only i like this translation because i think it is a challenge right you give me a challenge that you think might be impossible like like you put a card you put one card in this deck um you know upside down and you choose what it is and when I tell you it's the nine of hearts, it's going to be more impressive for me, not more impressive for you. Okay. Um, let's look at the guy that we met recently that has interesting translations. Uh, where is he? Uh, this guy, Kahani. Let's see what he does. Uh, and Moses said to Pharaoh, lest you should boast over me that the frogs were removed by chance only. This is going to be more like a um, less of a direct, direct translation and more of a... a um, the phrase i'm losing my english today uh, no a um paraphrase a paraphrase therefore appoint a time when i should intercede for you and for your officials the frogs be removed from you and your houses and remain in the river only and he says here it uh based on the malbim which was a 19th century ukrainian uh, sage so all of these um, translations are similar to one another, but they're not exactly the same. And they're trying to make sense of the oddness of this phrase, er alai, which again is in the command form, basically Moses telling Pharaoh, I'm allowing you, I'm asking you, I'm pushing you to have a moment where you have pe'er, but ultimately it's gonna show that you have no pe'er, no glory compared to the God that I represent. Okay, mm -hmm. anything else in the verse itself when we look at the Rashi's and then we'll understand how Rashi reads the verse, which is uh, not in line with every reading we have in the table. Sue? Well, I think there might be just another layer here, and that we're only on the second plague. And, you know, I wonder if Moses is trying to give Pharaoh an, an out to maintain his, his, at least his standing among his people. After all, Moses is just trying to free his people. Mm. He's not trying to... Um, he, he, it seems that his goal is not to, you know, you know, completely 
make Pharaoh look like a fool in the eyes of his of Pharaoh's people. Mm. He just wants Israelite to go. And so uh, maybe it's a way to say, you know, I can I, I can leave it. It'll look like you're still in mm. church. Interesting. Uh, so so it, not, not taunting at all, but almost trying to... Um, trying to help him out. Try to help me out. You, you yeah. give me the time, I'll make it happen, and you can tell everyone that you told, fair, you told me to charge. tell God that they're going to be... Hey, folks, frogs will be gone at 2 p.m., mark my word. I told that God, and, and that God's going to do what I asked him to do. Yeah, and I'm you giving don't you... even have to mention that, Doug. Just let that people <laughs> Right, and, and I, Moses, am giving that to you, to you, Pharaoh. Barry? That's a really good, uh, I want to pick up on that. Um, the last thing Moshe wants is to cause a, a, a civil a riot, a, a, a downfall of the, uh, the Pharaonic government. So he, 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 he's not going to cause all the people of Egypt to rise up against Pharaoh because he's lost his power. So he's, it's, it's important that Pharaoh maintain his position. Okay, let's look at Rashi. And um, first, Rashi is going to break down the, the phrase itself, what, it, what the word means. And then in the next comment, he's going to try to construct the sentence fully. So, uh, Rick, you were reading. Oh, sorry. The Rashi. Kamo. Hayitpa'er Hag. Garzen? Is that a gimel? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, I'm going to share the screen so you can, everyone can look at the verse in context. Okay, chapter, uh, was it chapter 15 of Isaiah? Chapter 10 of Isaiah, verse uh, 15. Okay. So, Kamo is similar to like Isaiah. Right, so look at the verse on the screen, right? So, um, this is what Isaiah is saying. The ha is it creates an interrogative in biblical Hebrew in, in poetic modern Hebrew too, but it's it's read as an interrogative. It's almost it's a, just it's a question mark, but it appears in the beginning of the phrase. Could it be that the garzain, the axe, boasts over the chotzev, the hewer? Like who 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 is in charge? The 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 one wielding the axe is in charge not the axe. And so he's asking rhetorically, could the axe ever say, I'm controlling the person who's holding me? No. Could a could the saw uh, feel boastful about the one who is waving the saw? Um, and then other examples like that. So it, it, it's a Rashi is using this as a way of understanding the meaning of the word, but not the way it's being used, because the meaning of the word is to lord yourself over in isaiah it's rhetorical could it possibly be that you would uh, wield yourself over the one who's who's holding you in our verse there is no um interrogative there's an implied taunt but it's heat pa'er alai meaning i'm giving you permission temporarily pharaoh to hold yourself over me in the way that an axe could never do over the hewer Right, so it's not. I don't think Rashi is bringing over the interrogative from Isaiah, just the meaning of the word hit pa'er. Okay, keep going, and then Rashi translates what he thinks it means in that verse. Okay, so what does mishtabeach mean? Um, 
Sounds like the Lahishtabeach. Yeah, um, to, to be glorified, to be uh-huh. praised, right? So to praise oneself by saying, Ani gadol mimcha, I'm bigger than you. So in Isaiah, it's saying it could never be that the axe could be mishtabeach over, the, over the, uh, the one holding it. But in our verse, Rashi is saying that Pharaoh is saying to Moses, Sorry, Moses saying to Pharaoh, go ahead, consider yourself bigger than me. And, and then the axe is going to fall in the, next, in, the, in the next phrase. And now we have our third Loaze Rashi in a short period of time. Read, read that again. Um, so the old French, um, Vente. Vente. Okay. So, right. So look at the screen. Um, this is entry number three, uh, 3077 in uh, Otsar Loaze Rashi. The verb is vonte, um, and according to this, and you can tell us, Rosemary, if you know a verb that is similar to that, um, it means lehit pa'er, to, to glorify yourself, or lehit and then he writes here, ha'evdel ben vonte le porvonte, the difference between whatever the verb vontel means and porvonte, or who, kefi hanireh, shaharishon matzbia al hatif arut, bli siba svira. That the first one, meaning Vantaire, um, points to the notion of self-glory without reason. It's like to boast without reason. The Hasheni, Hitpa'arut, and the second one, Por Vantaire, is to feel good about yourself. Shieshla Amali Smoke, but there's a reason why you're doing it. Is that a, a, a common? The word. And the Vante is like um, sometimes to lie, but to glorify yourself, to make yourself bigger. Hmm, to make yourself but bigger. we are using it. Rabbi, you only you only I wonder, Mary, if it's yeah. connected to vaunt. I have no idea. I don't know what that origin. What the no, it has to be vaunt. It's What's exactly that? vaunt. That's yeah. what that's and that's why that's why Alter uses the term vaunt. Uh-huh. He's obviously he's obviously influenced by Rashi. Uh huh. Yeah. Good. Okay. Is that what you're going to say before, Larry? I saw your hand up before. No, but I well, I wanted to read. I've got Alter. And I've got Kaplan. <laughs> uh, you found him online? Yeah. You want to share the screen so we can look at it together? Oh, I don't have it on the computer. I have it on my um, on my phone. Okay, so go ahead. Re- uh, read them. Okay. Sorry. Okay, so first, first uh, altar who I already read a little bit. And Moses said to Pharaoh, you may vaunt over me as for when I should entreat for you and for your servants and for your people to cut off the frogs from you and from your houses, only in the Nile will they remain. But now I'm gonna read Kaplan, which I won't jump ahead, but I think you're gonna understand his, his, his translation is, is fantastic and really remarkable. Try and test me, replied Moses, exactly when I shall pray for you, your officials and your people. The frogs will immediately depart from you and from your homes, remaining only in the Nile. And if I can just say one thing, he's clearly implying that Moses doesn't have to ask God, that in fact, Moses can make them disappear immediately if he wants to. Yeah, I think Kaplan basically nails it, right? Um, it, it's, it's not a word-for-word translation, but he gets the sense of it. 
and I missed it. Was he try and test me? Try and test me. Right. Like, 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 just like hold yourself over me, but in the vein of yeah, just just try to hold yourself over me, right? Because I'm the one who's going to be able to 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 uh, respond to the very specific request, which means it's going to be my magic trick, not yours. Okay. Let's give um, Rosemary the microphone. The word want means wind. Wind? And you, when you want, uh, you are winding, blowing. Oh, uh, that's the word blowing I was blow looking hard. Blowing. Mm -hmm. A blow hard. Mm -hmm. I think it's like vaunted courage, reputed or supposed. Let's keep going because I also know that the people on the Zoom can't hear the side conversation. It's okay. Um, keep going, uh, Rick. Vechen. Vechen hitpa'er alai, ishtabeach lahit chakem, velish old davar gadol, velamar shalo ucha lasoto. Okay, and this is the part of Rashi which explains the translations that read this as a challenge, okay? So, or that inform those translations. So therefore, Hipa Eralai means Hishtabech um, Lihanem is a, um, a, a pride, well, the, the Silverman is a pride, your, uh, means pride yourself on showing your cleverness, the Vargadol. Um, on this uh, difficult matter, this big matter. Well, the leash old of Argado. To ask, to ask this big thing. Right. So hishtabeach, hold yourself high, uh, Pharaoh. Lehit hakem, and show yourself to be so smart, so clever. Chacham. And in what way? Leash old of in asking an enormously hard thing, velomar. And then say, that I can't, that I can't do it, that I shall be unable to do it. Right. So the way Rashi, the way Rashi spells it out is, you, I'm giving, I'm giving you a window, but it's a trap. Go uh, ask me an impossibly hard thing like the exact moment where the frog should remove, a thing that you're going to imagine that once you ask me, I will not be able to deliver, and you will have, you will have gotten me, you will have trapped me. But what we all know is that exactly what Pharaoh is going to ask Moshe to do, he will be able to deliver no matter how hard the thing is. But in the meantime, Pharaoh, you're going to have this moment of mishtabach, a feeling good about yourself, mitchakem, a feeling that very clever. All of that is going to pendulum shift back to me and to God. Barry? Just a comment. Uh, I, I, we should not misconstrue that Moshe is saying that he, Moshe, has the power to do this. Uh, Moshe is in the utmost of humility at this point. He has barely begun his process but with God. Uh, I think he's saying that uh, in, in his position of being with God, this will happen, not that he, Moshe, is doing it. Yeah, in, in the verse itself, it's unclear. I think the way that um, uh, Larry read Aryeh Kaplan before suggested that it's possible to read Moshe as saying, uh, you, Pharaoh, think you have the power, it is I have the power. In greater context, it's you, Pharaoh, think you have the power, it's really who God who has the power, and I'm the one representing God. 
Uh, Larry, Dan, hand up again or, or still? Very brief. Could this have anything to do with your Devar Torah two weeks ago about certain sock uh, uh, that people ask? Uh, you mean meaning was I was I consciously aware of this while I was writing that, or are you asking if there's a is there a content connection? I think that there's a connection, especially in the the wonderful wonderful verb lahit hakem. Yeah. To make yourself seem wise. Yeah. Yeah. Right to at, to ask a question that seems like you're looking for information, but what's actually happening is that you're trying to catch the other one, right? Right. Trying to trap the other one. Yeah, I think that happens all the time, right? It's questions that are not really questions. Um, okay, so that's Rashi in the first part of the verse. Okay, on just the word Heath Pa'er Alai, and now we get to the other. Challenging syntactical phrase, lit matai atir lacha, which Rashi is going to show us is different than matai atir lacha. Um, and what am I hearing? Okay, Rick, we'll let you off the hook because you've had the microphone for a bit. Uh, Joanna, do you want to read the second Rashi, lamatir atir lacha? Sure. Um, okay, translate that first. Okay, so when or for, or until when, for what period shall I pray for you? Um, so um, I, I, I should, I could pray for you today um, regarding destroying the frogs. Um, but when do you wish for this to happen? When do you wish for the frogs to be destroyed? Right. Uh, and I think the Hayom is operating here. There's something that Rashi is not saying, but he's saying. The part that he's not saying is this phrase does not mean Pharaoh, when would you like me to go to God to make this request? It doesn't mean that. It had been just Matai, it would have been. It's when I go to God today, right after I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to God right after this. I'm, I'm going to make, you, you're going to make me a request. I'm going to go to God today. And when I'm standing before God in minutes, when would you like me to ask him to remove the frogs? If the Matai is referring to the removal of the frogs, not the moment of the, of the petition. Right, and Asherat the thing that I'm going to ask God today, al hachratat hatzvardeim, meaning the removal of frogs, lematai tirtze, when do you want sheikartu that they're going to be removed? That's that's the timing that we're uh, nailing down. Vetire, vetire im ashlim devari lamoed shetikbali, and you will see whether or not I will fulfill. Um, my word at the appointed time that is fixed for me. Good. Okay. So that will be how your moment of power in giving me a time of day will turn to God's moment of power because it's actually going to be fulfilled. Keep going. Okay. Ilu ne'emarmatai atir hayam mashmamatai et palel. Okay. What is that? So we'll do that phrase. Okay. So if the text had said matai atir, rather than um, yeah, right, then the question would be, um, 
like at, at what time? When should I pray? Right. Matai atir would mean, when do you want me to go to God and make this request? Le matai atir, according to Rashi, is, I'm going to make the request right away. When do you want it to be fulfilled? Okay. Akshav. Okay, so, Akshav shene amar le matai, mashma ani hayom et palel alecha, sheyikartu hatzvardiim lizman she tikba alai. Um. Okay, so now that it says limatai and not just matai, um, I, um, I, it, it means I'm going today, like right now, um, to, to pray for the frogs to be destroyed. And the question is, um, you know, but when will they actually be sh- destroyed at the time that is fixed? Right. And to, to translate. When, oh, and, 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 and when you want them to be destroyed, right? I'm going to go now, but and ask for when you want them to be destroyed. Correct. And just to, to sub punctuate that verses of Rashi. Mashma, what it means is, Ani hayom et I'm going to pray on your behalf today. And I'm going to pray that the frogs be removed at the, at the time that you appoint. And more. So tell me, Pharaoh, when do you want them to be removed? I'm, I'm giving you this open. Okay? So that's Rashi's, um, he, Rashi has finished his work on explaining to the relationship between Hit Pa'er and Lamatai. He's now going to go into uh, an even um, narrower uh, grammatical hole to des- describe just the verb atir. Before we go, are there any other comments or reactions to how Rashi is reading this verse? Okay, so now, um, now that Rashi feels like he's explained what the verse means, he wants to go deeper into this verb atir, which we discussed last time is first used in the book of Rashid to describe the pleading um, for, um, for fertility. Right, right. That Isaac prayed to God or appealed to God regarding his wife that she become pregnant. So that's what the, the it, it's it's a pleading that something happened. But there's something about the form of it that's that's interesting that Rashi wants to um, explain. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so atir hatiru tarti. Which are all Velonemar Atar Itru. And all of those appear. So we Atir is um in our verse. Uh Atiru um is in verse four. Uh right, that's the first one. And then we have Hatarti is gonna be ahead in verse twenty-five. So these are three different forms of the verb Atir. Belonemar. Belonemar Atar Itru Atarti. Okay, so let's break that down. But one second, okay. let's break that down. So, so Rashi says... He's pointing out... Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I don't know that I understand it fully, but he, he that all of the forms that appear in the Torah are... Um, Harbot Palau, I'm not exactly sure I follow what he's saying there. 
Okay, L let me, it, it is, it's very thick. So I, so let me try to break it down. He mentions three uses of this root in our chapter and each of them in modern Hebrew, we would call them verbs in the he feel, causative, okay? Rashi did not know the word he feel. It's just not the word he used, but he knows the form. He does not have the word for it, right? He says, velonamar, and none of these were in the simpler forms, pa'al or pl, right? So instead of saying a'atir, it could have said etar. It's like, I'm trying to think of a phrase, you know, like, um, instead of saying um, I will wrote, I will write, it was written Achtiv, I will make someone else write, I will dictate. And but but they seem not to be causative situations, right? It's actually Moses talking about praying, pleading himself, but it's in the form that looks like a causation, right? It looks like uh, making someone else do the thing for you. The way Rashi says that in Rashi's Hebrew is that every use of the root ayin taf resh harbot pelel who refers to the multiplication of pelel pelel is prayers lehit pelel right it's almost as if he's saying and I, and I can't i can't tell i've read this Rashi many times how wide and far-reaching a sermon he's giving here like i wonder if he like, like what i want him to be saying is there's no such thing as a single prayer and that prayers multiply in god's heavens and you and there it's never just a one-on-one. -on -one. Like if I'm pleading to you or I'm pleading to God, it's it's not the same form of a verb as one person doing something simple to someone else. There's always an imagined or hope for multiplication. He might not be going that rhapsodic. He might be staying more in the grammar and saying, ah, the way this verb operates is that that even though it's just one person pleading to someone else, it it, it denotes a multiplicity, a, a harbot pelel. Um, and, and Rashi is going to say is that even though you and I think, and I was getting chunky, as of he feel as causative, I cause you to do something, Rashi is saying it could also mean a multiplicity, like, like a, an increase in the number of things that are happening. Just finish off um, a, a, little bit, a little bit farther. So, Harbot Pelel who? Joanna? Vechasher? Vechasher Yomar, Vechasher Yomar Arbe. Harbu vehirbeti leshon mafil kachyomar atir hatiru vehatarti dvarim. Okay, so, so break down he's that. now making a comparison to another shoresh. He's making a comparison to another shoresh and giving the examples of the form arbe harbu vehirbeti, um, which I guess is somewhat similar because this shoresh too in um, infers an increasing or a multiplying out of whatever we're talking about. Right. The, 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 the use of the um, root arbe, ar, harbu arbe hirbeti, it's like the notion of multiplicity doubled because the, the verb means to increase. And he's saying that verb always appears in the he feel, even when you could make the case that it, it would... Um, it should agree, it should uh, appear in the pile. I'll, I'll try to do this in English. Um, I, I increased something. In English, the word increase there is a simple transitive verb. You should be able to say that in Hebrew using the pa'al form, ani ribeti mashu. 
But you don't say that. You say, I need here, Beiti Mashahu, which looks like it's in the he field, causing it, even though I'm not causing anything. It is to cause to make more. No, but I'm the one I'm the one causing. It's not it's different than saying I'm causing you to increase something. Right? So it's it, there's no way for it not to be in the he field the way it's used, even though I should be able to say, I increase this. Not the, the causative should be, I made you increase this. That's what causative means. The right? Rav is more. Laharbet. Laharbot. Laharbot is to make more. Yeah, but it, it, if it were every, any other verb, it would, to say it in Laharbot means, I am making someone else make something more. That's the way, that's the way causative usually operates. No. And what would be. is to make wet. You take the, but you also have. But then, what would what would the pa'al of make more be? I'm sorry, as Joel is talking back with me, and I'm afraid I don't have a microphone. In the pa'al, yeah, to become large, to become large, or to become more. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. So, in that way, yes, you can make the comparison between wet and and to increase, where ani uh, ratev. Uh, 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 is I am wet, I need martiv, I'm making something else wet, I need rab, I am many, I need marbe, I'm making something else many. Um, but if you if you take the verb um, in, in its in its um, in, in its plainest form as to, to mean to increase something, you should be able to write that in a pa'al and not have to resort to a hefil. And Rashi is saying that that verb arbe is always in that form and so is the verb etar that it always means to plead in the sense that to have prayers be multiplied out and it's not just a single action okay so when yaakov used it was it he feel or? the form was he feel it was okay. right the form is he feel and we read that in you know when you read that verse in genesis we don't have an image of of, of a causation we have of him pleading to god rosh would say there's something about what that word means that says that it's just to say J- Yaakov. Also, the narrator speaking there, not Yaakov speaking. Yeah, y- y- Yaakov um, entreated God in such a way that the prayers increased throughout the heavens, something like that. Right. Barry, microphone. So to put this back in the context, um, what 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 Moshe is declaring to Pharaoh is that Moshe is giving Pharaoh the opportunity to increase Moshe's prayer to to expand Moshe's prayer to God to make this happen. Pharaoh's going to participate in what Moshe's going to do, allowing him to do this. And it, it's, it's allowing Pharaoh to cause Moshe to increase the power of his prayer. Mm-hmm. And, and if you see the word that Rashi used there, we would say he feel, he used the word mafiel as the name of the form of the verb, which means causation. Okay, uh, Larry, Diane, and then we'll finish off the Rashi. Oh, we're already at nine thirty. Geez, Larry, Diane. Yeah, this is a meta observation. I'm I'm actually amazed. I'm I'm in awe at this discussion. I'm a fan of John McWhorter, the linguist, who talks a lot about how languages change and how quickly they change. And anybody who reads Shakespeare from five hundred years ago or Beowulf from before that or anything that's in Old English and really can't understand what's going on. And here we are in, 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 the, in, in the 21st decade, uh, 21st century, going back a millennia 
to Rashi, and we understand what he's talking about in terms of the structure of, of Hebrew, and he's going back a millennia to when this was actually codified and we know it was written down, and it's going back another millennia to when this story originated, yeah. and we can have this discussion, which I really don't understand how it's affecting this story, but we can have this discussion and kind of follow Rashi is an amazing, amazing thing that says something about the Hebrew language. And I don't know if there's any other language that's true of it. Maybe it's absolutely not true of every any other living language that we know of. Right. It's just right. I'm just I'm in awe. It it may be that Scott that scholars of ancient Greek can read, you know, Plato in the original, but I'm not sure they would be able to understand the vernacular Greek used a thousand years after Plato to describe the grammar of Plato, right? right. But that, that, we, but that mm -hmm. we're understanding a grammar lesson yeah. of a thousand years ago yeah. regarding a text that was, you're right, that was drashed out a thousand years before that and that emerged a thousand years before that. It, it's, it is incredible. Yeah, thank you for pointing that out. Um, just to finish it off, uh, Joanna, he gives us one more verse, which he considers to be like the, the classic, obvious, determinative, example of how this verb is used, even though it's not, he goes to um, Tanakh, not to Torah. Go ahead. Ba'av l'chulam. Ve'av l'chulam. Ve'atartam alai divrechem yecheskel yecheskel lamidhei. Okay. Second. Okay. So, uh, Ezekiel chapter 35, uh, verse 13. Um, even how it's translated here is helpful to our cause. You, we would, we would normally think lahagdil is to, is to aggrandize and make bigger, mm -hmm. but here it's translated as you spoke arrogantly against me because you, you made yourself big, uh, in your own mouths. It's translated here as, and you multiplied your word, meaning the translator of this verse in Ezekiel, does not translate it as an entreaty or a plead, but a multiplicity of words. Maybe this is why davening is so long, because we understand <laughs> that that to plea requires a multiplicity of words, right? Because he's against it. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> that's true. He's, he, he's against it because it's not followed by by acts of, of of loving kindness, right? Right. So Rashi, for some reason, thinks that this is the example par excellence with the verb hatartems in what we would call the he feel the causative. It, it, it's not causing anything to happen, but it is increasing the the, the words or increasing the pleas or the entreaties. Yeah. How all of this um, um, falls back into. Uh, our verse is something we can think about and and maybe comment on next week. It may be that Rashi is just trying to help us understand this verb form, or maybe there's another subtle sermon about why this use of this verb here impacts that verse. We'll end with Stevie, and then remember next week, I'll send an email out. Next, next week will be our last um, class until Sukkot, at least that I'm teaching. Just along those lines, I think part of the motivation here is that if you're reading this verse is as Moses saying, right? I like how like down to every detail of timing and whatever, right? I can cause God to do exactly what you want, right? That's like a theologically dangerous proposition to take, and then that's compounded by the fact that this verb always appears in the causative, as though Moses is causing God to do something. Uh, so it. now we're gonna now we're gonna say, oh. 
it, it's causative because the prayer reverberates and multiplies in the more prayer, right? Not because it's some sort of, you know, Moses directing. That's very interesting to me. That connects with what Barry said before. Let, lest we think that Moshe is claiming the power to himself, and lest you think that that is strengthened by the fact that it's a causative verb, I'm telling you it isn't. It's interesting. I had not, not thought about that. Shkoyach, have a good week. Uh, see you soon. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.